The podcast is called Who Cares About Men's Health, giving you information and inspiration to better understand and engage in your health so you feel better today and in the future. My name is Scott Singpill. I am the manager of thescoperadio.com, and I care about men's health. And I'm Dr. Troy Madsen. I'm an emergency physician at the University of Utah, and I care about men's health. And I'm Mitch, and I care about men's health. What I wanted to do is like a do a core four plus one more revisited. So the concept is, you know, we started this thing about two years ago, 70 some episodes deep into it. And we, you know, started with this premise that we were trying to make health uh, as simple as possible. So that's why we came up with the core four. Like if you watch these four things, then you're going to have a pretty good chance of being healthy now and, you know, in the future. So like activity, nutrition, sleep, and your emotional help. And then we also had the one more, which was genetics. And initially, I don't know if you guys remember this far back, but we also kind of had nagging issues in there. And then we also talked about smoking, drinking, and other addictive habits. Of course, then it's no longer the core four. So those kind of (laughs) from the core 10. Yeah. (laughs) I think initially when we were coming up with this, it was the core seven, but that didn't rhyme, you know, so that's no good to anybody. Core four plus six more. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes against the whole premise of, you know, we're going to make health and wellness. Simple. <laughs> Simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to give you a really long list. <laughs> so here comes 28 things yeah. <laughs> that you need to watch out for. Um, so yeah, so we're going to just kind of revisit the core four plus one more. I thought it would be cool to talk about um, what we've learned over the past couple of years and almost 70 plus episodes, how we've integrated them in our, into our lives. Uh, little tips uh, that have been useful for us based on all the guests we've had on the show. And just kind of, you know, talk about that a little bit um, in hopes that maybe we've we've may have redefined this a little bit more. You know, hopefully we have. Hopefully mm-hmm. we've matured. Hopefully. Hopefully our core four is starting to grow up and be a core four teenager. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, so Troy and Mitch, producer Mitch is here and Dr. Troy Madsen's here and I'm Scott. I'm just the guy that's not the doctor. I own the microphones and I'm just struggling like everybody else with my health. Right. So, um we have said before that this podcast focuses on the basic things now, that core four that helps you now. And it's also an investment in your future. If you kind of concentrate on these things, then you can prevent a lot of the illnesses and diseases that we know affect people as they get older. Um, we've also talked about the concept health isn't an end to a means. It's a means to an end. It's what allows us to do the things we want, you know, have energy throughout our day, be able to focus and concentrate, be able to move pain-free have a good headspace to engage with those that we love and those sort of things. So is that what, Troy, what, what is this podcast about for you? Those were some of the ideas that like come to mind for me, but what is this podcast about for you? Uh, I think the biggest thing this podcast is about for me, Scott, is just, you know, moving away from the idea of men's health being all about bulking up and uh, sex drive and everything you read in men's health magazine and more just getting to the essentials and recognizing again, going back to the core four, just how, what a difference sleep can make, what a difference diet can make exercise, mental health. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing I think has been focusing on that simplicity and not trying to complicate things with diet, not trying to complicate things with uh, exercise, uh, looking at consistency and, Honestly, that that seems to be a recurring theme with what we talk about and I think what our guests talk about as well. Yeah, consistency over complicated. I like that. Mitch, how about you? Do you want to jump in? Yeah, sure. So the the thing that this podcast was very much kind of a wake-up call for me being, you know, and I'm in my 30s now and things aren't quite working the way they used to and starting to care about things now, 
right? And not only that, really trying to figure out that kind of echoing what Troy says, it doesn't have to be all bulking and super complicated. Like it's finding out what health means to me and what health means to me right now and why it should be something that I value in my 30s, not when I'm in my 60s or 70s and dealing with some real complications and, you know, uh, having a being able to really continue to live my life all the way I want to. I think over the past 70 plus episodes in two years, Troy, I, I like your notion and that Mitch echoed about it's not about being bulked up. It's not about being able to perform in extreme sports. It's not being able to be on the cover of Men's Health magazine or any, you know, Men's Health magazine. They were smart when they named that, didn't they? Because <laughs> sure. I didn't even mean to call them out, but I just said what it was. <laughs> you know, that's not what it's about. It's about doing these things so you feel good. You know, one of the things you've said before, Troy, is you run marathons and you look out at the starting line and it's you, you one would think that everybody that's running a marathon looks like a runner, right. but they don't. And yeah. it's just like health is going to look different for everybody, yep. right? That's exactly it. I think too, and, and that, and that's the great point. I think that's the point is that you, you're healthy and you're the best in the best health you can be as a person while being yourself. You're not trying to fit some sort of image or some other model that someone has set up in terms of how they should do things or, or how they think you should do things. Um, it's more about this is what works for me and this is how I feel good. This is what I enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, and then that, that's my image of health. It's not something that, that is trying to, Again, like you said, be on the cover of Men's Health magazine or something like that. Or even chasing this ideal that, let's face it, you know, we talk to a bodybuilder. I think we think that as men, we, we need to exercise and that's what we need to look like. But that takes a tremendous investment of time that then takes away from other things we want to do. So part of the simplicity and the consistency is just realizing on number one on the core four for activity is, you know, it's just get out and sweat for like 30 minutes a day, get out and do something for 30 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be go uh, and lift weights at the gym. It could be go outside and chase your dog, which is what I've been doing a lot lately. It, you know, if you do like going to the gym, that's a cool thing too. It could be go for a run. Uh, any thoughts on activity? How are you incorporating activity into your life? Uh, Mitch, let's go to you. So I, it was last year finding out that uh, trying to do the 5k um, just, little bits of activity, doing it slow and finding what I enjoy doing. Because a lot of the times I've tried to run or work out or anything really before, I try to push myself so hard. I try to model it off of what fit guys, quote unquote, fit guys are doing, right? And I, it wasn't a personal thing, you know? But now, now it's, I go out running and I put on a murder podcast. I just love to run to murder podcasts for reasons I cannot explain. But, you know, it's, it. it's, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm working with my physical therapist and everything. They're like, oh, yeah, do a metronome and whatever music pumps you up. And I'm like, I don't, I don't listen to music. I just, you know, I just listen to these podcasts and run. And then it's a nice break and finding out that activity is for me, like what my activity is, right? It's not what other people say I need to be doing, just what gets my heart rate up and what gives me a break and something I really enjoy in the day. It's a hot, it's a completely different paradigm than what I was doing before. Yeah, it's because it's activity. It's moving. I mean, if, if you like, I think of now when I go out in the fall and I rake the leaves, I could build up a little bit of sweat, right? If you kind of go after it, listen, that's activity. Listen you know, to that's... you, just live in the Matthew McConaughey role. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to remember, Troy, you're the one that brought that saying to us. You had heard Matthew McConaughey say, you know, 
Hey, just, just get out and sweat. Just a few work times. up a sweat yeah. every day. That's right. Just work up a sweat of you know every day. That's what I try to do. I yeah. don't know if that's Matthew McConaughey or not. That but. is. That is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Troy, what's activity to you? Of course, we know that you you take it a step further, right? But what I love is I don't think Mitch is trying to live up to your standard. I mean, you can admire Troy's standard. I don't, I don't want to speak to you, Mitch. I don't want to speak for you, Mitch. Maybe you are. Maybe you do want to run marathons, but Troy activity, what does it mean to you? Well, this is, you know, the biggest thing I think is consistency. And so Scott, it's interesting. I actually tracked down, we've talked about our health journeys before. And the point I'm going to try and make by, by saying this is that even small, consistent effort makes a difference. I tracked down my numbers because we've always talked like, oh, my LDL was bad. My HDL was bad. So, yeah, your cholesterol rating. Yeah, my cholesterol. good. That's exactly. it was stressful. It was, a, it was like a source of stress for you. Oh, it definitely was. So I finally tracked down some numbers. I can't find my original numbers way back in 2007, but I found them from 2014. And at this point, they had improved a bit. In 2014, my LDL was 121. So ideally, it should be less than 100. Definitely less than 120. So it's definitely on the high side. HDL, the good cholesterol was 36. It should be higher than 40, somewhere between 40 and 60. It was at 36. So neither of those were very good. And at this point, I considered myself active. I was eating a vegetarian diet, granted not an ideal diet. And that's when I said, you know, I'm just going to start to run two miles a day. That was it. Two miles a day, every day. That's all I did. Four months later, after I started doing that, my HDL had gone from, or sorry, my LDL had gone from 121 down to 103. And the HDL had improved from 36 to 41. And so that was just, you know, that was just doing two miles a day, just every day. I said, I'm just going to do this, see what happens. And so I think that's kind of the bigger point we're trying to make. It's not like some Herculean effort. It's just consistency. And when you have that consistency, you see the difference. And that's really what activity is for me. Just finding what you like, just do it consistently. Do it because you enjoy it, not because you're trying to, you know, if you're running because you're trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon or something like that. Just do it because it's you enjoy the process. You enjoy how you feel when you're doing it and just stay consistent with it and, and definitely pick something you can be consistent with. If you don't like it, you can't continue to do it. If it's running, if it's biking, you know, working in the yard, walking your dog, whatever it is, just do it. Stick with it. You'll see results. All right. Number two on the core four. And by the way, I feel that activity for me is the cornerstone. Like if I can get my activity in line, then my nutrition will fall in the line. If I'm not necessarily eating the healthiest, if I'm making poor choices, that will start to self-correct if I'm consistent with my activity. That helps my sleep. And I definitely know that that helps my mental health as well. So how about you? What's your order on these, Troy? What would your priority be? And, you know, this is just our own personal experience. There's no science behind what we're talking about in this particular aspect of it. I agree with you. I think for me, so much flows from activity. And I find when I'm active, I sleep better at night. My mental health improves. I eat better. I just feel more motivated in general. So I I agree. I think that's the cornerstone. How about you, Mitch? What order would you put those in? Well, I'm kind of turning over a new leaf here, actually. Uh, Last year, I started to work with a mental health specialist to kind of deal with some of these little nagging things. And to be honest, after working with them for a little bit, it it was it kind of like similar to some of the interviews that we've had with mental health specialists before. Is it like it unclogged the drain of my brain? Like all of a sudden I'm able to run in the mornings. All of a sudden I'm sleeping better. And for me, at least it started, you know, I was pushing it really hard last year. But with how, you know, stressful the year had gotten stuff, it was the mental health. And as soon as I got that kind of you know, working on it, it's a process, et cetera. But once that got out of the way, it's it's Every the other three seem like they're coming easier. 
Yeah. And if you go back through um, some of our older episodes, our, our library, our catalog, I don't know what we call it, but um, we've had a couple of our experts talk about that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Sometimes you got to get the uh, emotional health thing straightened out. So you even feel like yeah. engaging in activity or, um, you know, caring about your nutrition or whatever. So I love that you had a little bit of a different take on that. Uh, number three is sleep. Um, you know, I've been pretty good about sleep, so I didn't really have a lot to improve there. I think my the hardest thing is activity sometimes just getting that in. It's easy to sit at the desk and, you know, do whatever. But luckily I've been pretty good with sleep. Of course, you want to try to get seven to nine hours. They say, you know, there's a number that works for each individual and try to have a consistent bedtime, try to have a consistent rise time. If you're having a hard time falling asleep, uh, which Troy ran into, what, 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 how, how has sleep changed for you? You know, it's something I still struggle with, and it's in large part just due to my schedule where I have to work evenings and nights, and that just throws everything off. I come off a night shift, and it's just, yeah, those are, those are rough. But the biggest thing I try to do, I rem- I often think about Kelly Barron and talking with her and her recommendations for just routines prior to bedtime, trying to have that same routine. So now I just do it consistently. Every time I'm not working an evening shift, I don't have to stay up late. I'm not working a night shift. I try and have that same routine. And that makes a difference. Again, it's it's a battle, but it's definitely a lot better than it was three years ago. And what's that routine look like? Uh, my routine at this point is at about 930, I start to wind down. Uh, I try to avoid any screen time then, um, you know, brush my teeth, kind of get ready for bed get the dogs ready, you know, make sure they all go outside. Everyone's ready. And (laughs) (laughs) which is often a project at this house. (laughs) Uh, 10 o'clock, I will sit in bed and I will read a book. I don't look at my phone. I'm not reading on my phone, not reading news, nothing like that. I just have a book. I'm just sitting there reading a book. And then I, I try to have lights out by 1030. So I just try and follow that same routine Again, it's not always possible just based on my shift schedule, but uh, when I'm not worried about work and I'm not at work, uh, I'm trying to do that consistently and it seems to help. And then get up at the same time consistently every day? I try to. Yeah. Again, sometimes if I'm coming off a night shift, I just, you know, I kind of need that little extra sleep. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'll get up at eight. But uh, really my, you you know, kind of she talked about having that consistent time block. So that time block for me is 1030 p.m. until 7 a.m. That's an eight and a half hour block. Often I'm awake before then at like 630. But uh, but yeah, typically 1030 to 7 a.m. How about you, Mitch? How has sleep changed for you since the beginning of the podcast? I'm still working on it. It's not my. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the core four. It's the one that I'm having. I'm I'm actually having the most. I need. I think of the core four. It's the thing that I've been working the most at, and um, I don't know. It just it's been one that hasn't really been fitting in quite yet. Gotcha. What uh, was there any advice that you've um, found useful, or what what challenges you're running into there? Um, I, I don't necessarily wake up particularly rested and that, I guess that's, yeah. that's really it. So it's like, hey, I'm, I'm sleeping what I'm supposed to, I'm getting a deep sleep. I, according to my Fitbit, which I know we're not supposed to trust, whatever, but you know, I'm trying to keep, I'm having pretty good habits. I feel, I feel my sleep hygiene's good, but I just, I'm still not feeling huh. great. I think I need to see someone, but I wonder if you're just one of those people that, uh, you're just a night owl. I might, I might, I might actually be, I've been staying up later recently and feeling a lot better about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's a challenging one, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, the sleep, because our whole society and culture is built around, you know, to work at eight or nine o'clock, you, you quit at five. Of course, Troy does, you know, weird shifts in the ER. Yeah. 
But I mean, you know, there's evidence out there, and maybe we should talk about this, but there's, uh, have a guest on about it. There's evidence out there that shows that some people just naturally are more night people than day people. And right. I think, um, I, I think of our producer, Chloe. Like she works yeah, sure. in the middle of the night. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. One of our one of our coworkers. She she really you know she works late at night and just seems to function better that way. Yeah. So. And you know, there's also a lot of good evidence for younger you know students. If you shift their start time just by an hour, hour and a half for school, how it can just really change their school performance. Um, yeah. So sleep. That's an interesting one. We 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 should focus on that a little bit more, I guess. Mm. Um. And finally, emotional health or mental health, uh, has, has anybody's uh, opinion on that change, Troy? You I mean, talk about a year when you've really had to just <laughs> struggle with emotional health. It's been a hard year for me. I'll be honest. This was a hard year. It was interesting to reach March 13th because I remember that date so clearly. It was Friday the 13th. I had a night shift. This was a day, you know, day after everything just sort of hit the fan and everything shut down and all sports shut down, which was devastating for me personally. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a night shift that night, Friday the 13th. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. We've got this pandemic here. This is real now. We had all these changes coming about. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a challenging year. In terms of mental health, it's been a great year to have a lot of wonderful guests on who have talked to us about mental health and about reaching out and uh, talking to others about issues you're facing and about trying to incorporate different things into your routine to, you know, certainly help your mental health. So um, I guess the big the biggest takeaway for me from so many of these things was uh, being present, focusing on the moment, not worrying so much about tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now, uh, which again was very challenging in the middle of the pandemic and, you know, continues to be a bit of a challenge, but being more present. um, I think mindfulness certainly, you know, I I worry that term is becoming a little bit more cliche mindfulness and, you know, uh, everything else incorporated with it and grit and whatever else you want to talk about. But, uh, but I do try and incorporate that more when I'm running and, and, and being more present and, and I guess focusing more on mindfulness and really appreciating the moment. Um, so yeah, that's probably been my biggest take, but, uh, yeah, talk about a challenging year for mental health. So <laughs> I, I also find a lot of joy too, when I run of trying to just be in the moment instead of my head and just, you know, experience what my body's doing at that mm-hmm. particular time. Yeah. Like, I kind of like that, right? Like, I like feeling the breathing pattern or I like feeling how my feet are hitting the ground or mm-hmm. I, I like personally, Mitch, you know, you said you didn't like to do this. I like to run to, to, to music that there's a, there's an app out there that will do a certain, you know, beats per minute. I, I like that rhythmic part of running personally. Um, so yeah, that's one way to be mindful, I guess. I think consistency and structure was the thing that I took away and Dr. I believe it was Dr. Chan talked about this when we kind of first kind of came into this whole pandemic. You know, all of our structures and and all of our, um, the the way we did things radically changed. That can be really emotionally and mentally draining because now you got to think about everything you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I struggle, I still struggle getting that consistency and structure. I think my, you know, going into work at a physical place, which I'm still not doing. I think having the routine of eating lunch, talking to some coworkers around noon, having those break times is important to me. And I haven't been able to figure that out, but I do know I do better with consistency and structure. How about you, Mitch? You had mentioned emotional health was what kind of got you back on the path. Did you want to expand on that for the core? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing that this podcast and listening to our guests and just talking 
with other guys about health as as kind of dumb as that sounds just just talking about it like for a long long time i've held this kind of very toxic typically masculine kind of a um thought towards mental health where it's like oh well if you go to a therapist it means you weren't able to be strong right yeah. or or Pull yourself oh, up by your bootstraps what's you your got, problem you failed you're yep. you know you're weak whatever and i think yeah. just by talking to some of these people some of the guests that we've had on and just to be like that's a dumb idea like you know you're not weak to go and find talk to a professional about what you're struggling with right you're not weak to like you know, if you are having trouble to go and seek help for it, you know, we always talk about that. If you broke your arm, you're not going to be like, Meh, I can do this on my own. Right. You go to a doctor. <laughs> right. You don't try to pop it in yourself. Right. You what, go what are you talking someone. about, Mitch? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Um, so that was that was a big revelation for me. And so when it when last year got really tough, I reached out and I found some help, you know, yeah. and I'm and I'm not ashamed to do that. It was, you know, and the same sort of thing, too, is that your health, your treatment, your therapy is your own way. Right. I've gone through a, a couple of different specialists. I haven't found one. My forever therapist, as they call it. The, <laughs> right. No, there was but, such a thing. Yeah. But the, but the <laughs> people, it. it's like dating, really. You have this awkward and it's all over Zoom, too. You have these awkward one on ones and then you find out you don't really mesh, blah, blah, blah. But, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the, the, the moral of the story is, is that when I went into, when I first started doing mental health, I was so sure that it was going to be me on a couch over Zoom talking about my mom or something, you know, something like that. But no, the guys that they paired we met, me with so far, the men that I've spoke with, the professionals I've spoke with, they're like, here's the research. You know, you seem like a guy who needs research. You need backed whatever. And that's true, right? I need that kind of, I need to know this is backed by you know, stats. I need to know this is backed by whatever. I need to know this isn't woo-woo, right? That's for me. I need to know this isn't strict, you know, buzzword after buzzword. And so learning, getting rid of that idea of mental health being a weakness, you know, seeking help being a weakness. And then number two, finding out I don't have to do it like every other person or every other thing I've seen on TV. I can do it my own way with my own person that I find. That's that's very empowering. And it's it's really led to an entire difference in my approach to my mental health. So. I agree with you about the stats thing. I think for me, I like to know why things are happening. I like to know that there's a uh, there's a real legitimate reason why things are happening. So I love it when they explain when it's explained to me, well, this is going on in your brain and this is why that's happening and you know, it's just it is what it is. And once you can name it and once you understand why it's happening and what it's doing, it's like fixing anything else for me anyway. Mm. Uh, and I just, I just, if, if I can understand it, then I can usually beat it. So yeah. it's funny yeah. you mentioned that because the, when I was first doing the intake process and they were doing like a couple of quick brush, brief questionnaire, they, the guy they first paired me with who gave me all this stuff and was a great help. He works with police officers. Like that's what they decided that I, the person I needed to start with was someone who dealt with that kind of population, male police officers who have like are have all the walls up against woo woo stuff. And so the guy <laughs> came in with like, you're going to do a gratitude journal and here's three Stanford studies as to why it's important. You know, and, <laughs> you know, you're going to do this and here's why this is important. It was, it was very eye opening. Yeah. Hmm. Troy, did you know Mitch was so hard as nails that, that he needed to wear? <laughs> <laughs> they know he loves true crime and they're like, oh, we'll give him this guy. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> He's a police officer at heart. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's, let's wrap this up. I think a good discussion about the core four. I think we've agreed after this 70 some episode two year experiment that 
the core four is still a solid concept to base what we're talking about on because you can, you know, just pick one of those four things if you're struggling with your health or you're struggling with you, you don't feel that you are healthy and just make one small change in one of those things. You know, just maybe increase your activity. Go for a 15 minute walk every day. You know, maybe that's the one thing. Nutrition, maybe, uh, you know, tell yourself I'm going to have one serving of vegetables a day more than I have. And if you have zero, then that's one. And do that for a few weeks and then make another change. Don't expect that you're going to go from somebody you weren't to <laughs> somebody else completely different in a short amount of time. And then just be consistent with that. I think that's what I've come away with. Uh, we should probably hit briefly, you know, of course, you need to know your genetics because that can derail everything, right? Like, tr Troy, explain how that works. You're the doctor. Well, you know, certainly you can be higher risk for certain types of cancers. The biggest thing for me has been cholesterol. We already talked a little bit about that, but that's been a genetic issue for me that my family members have dealt with as well. There may be other issues with blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, all things. I think it's just worth talking to your parents, um, to other family members, recognize what they're potentially dealing with. And you may realize that that's an area you just have to focus on more. So I think that's yeah. where that plays in. And, and often then that comes back to the core four. But I think it just helps us just to recognize, hey, this is an area I'm going to have to work a little harder in this area. Yeah, smoking, drinking and other addictive habits. That was one of our initial things we don't talk about much anymore. But definitely if those are issues. That's the easy, well, it's not the easy fruit because Mitch quit no. smoking and that was it not is, easy, but it is yeah. not easy, <laughs> but it's, not easy. it, it pays big dividends, right? The return on that investment is pretty huge. Yeah. Um, I think with genetics, Troy, you, you made me think like even alcoholism that there, there could be a genetic component to that depression, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. those sorts of things. You should really kind of know what you're dealing with because it might be beyond your control. Like you said, you just pay a little closer attention to it. And the one thing that really resonated with Mitch that we kind of dropped were these nagging health issues, which was a big thing for me because through years of kind of, I think, misuse or hurting myself and then making accommodations, I've been using my body in strange ways. Then muscles start to become compromised, weak, tight, whatever. And then that starts causing other problems. So kind of unwinding some of those nagging issues, it's not going to go away on its own. You know, but we don't talk about that much anymore. Is that a mistake, Mitch? I'd like to hear more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nagging health issues. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of come back to it now and then, but yeah, that's something that, that we definitely need to focus on. Do you have a final thought, Troy? Well, my final thought would be something that Dr. Chan said, you know, talking about mental health that has really stuck with me. And I think gets to everything you just said, Scott. The point he made in talking about mental health and some of the challenges we're facing right now, he said, just be patient with yourself, like recognize that everything is more difficult now. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with others as well. And I think that applies to making these changes, too. It's everything. Everything's more difficult. Yeah, we're coming out of this pandemic, but still be patient with yourself. Like you said, Scott, don't expect dramatic changes. Start small and then congratulate yourself for your success. I think that's very important. Recognize what you're doing. Um, and then just build on that. Mitch. I'm, I'm going to say it again, make health, make your health your own way. I mean, it's, it's so much like we, we don't have to be, you don't have to be just like everyone else, be independent, stand up for yourself, find out what makes you happy and go do it. You know, don't, don't judge yourself compared to others and just take control. Take, just do it your own way. My final thought on this ties a little bit back in with Tro what Troy said, and that's, you know, be kind to yourself, make these changes gradually and be, you know, kind to yourself because I, 
I can't tell you. I do uh, what I call daily pages, and I've written for, I don't know, five, six, seven years now. And I can go back and read three or four entries, and it's constantly, oh, I need to focus on my nutrition more. I wasn't very good today, or I need to focus on... And like, this is a recurring theme for years throughout my life. And recently, I heard a book about a book by an evolutionary biologist that basically said exercise isn't natural. Like, the concept of exercise is a pretty new concept in our society. It used to be activity was a necessity and a part of life. And now we've kind of eliminated that for a lot of us where we don't have to move because of our jobs or whatever. Um, being able to watch what you eat is a new thing as well. It used to be we were in a more of a starved state than we were in an overfood abundant state like we are now. So that requires mental energy and discipline in a way that, you know, we didn't have to exercise before. So I keep coming back myself personally to this isn't natural. It is hard because I, sometimes I get hard on myself and I'm like, oh, come on, you just exercise and eat better. What, what's your problem? Why do you keep whining about this? But I don't think it's natural. And I think it is individual. I think one of the great things about this podcast and the guests we bring on and the three of us talking about our own experience is hopefully maybe one of the things that's worked for us might work for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is so individual. What might work for Mitch might not work for me and that's fine. But maybe what works for Troy works for me. That's great. So that's my final thoughts. I agree. And Scott, I love it. Occasionally now I talk to people. I talked to someone recently who just started listening to our podcast in January and has gone back from episode one and just working his way through. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, to hear him talk about just quoting some of the episodes and talking about (laughs) the way he's tried to change his diet, eliminating sugars, uh, trying to increase fruits and vegetable intake, uh, routine, like exercise routine, incorporating that, and just the changes he's seen from that. So you, you hear from people like that, and it's like, hey, it's it's absolutely worth it. Like, I love that, you know, we, we have people out there who have found value in some stuff we've talked about and incorporating some of these things and, and really seeing changes in their lives. So it's great to see that. And uh, so we are making a difference for some people. <laughs> so, <laughs> good, good to know. This isn't all about us. Sometimes I don't think we've hurt anybody that's listened to the podcast. I think our biggest struggle now so. is just getting more people to jump on board. Exactly. All right. Uh, guys, it's always just a, a, a pleasure to be able to sit down and talk about health and talk about these things with you. So thank you for being on as always. And thank you for caring about men's health. 